chapter 18, in the middle of the chapter, uh, after the uh, guests uh, leave Avram's presence, Avram walks with them to accompany them out. And then we have in the 17th Pasuk, Vadunoy Amar, Hamechasani me Avraham Asherani Oseh, Vi Avraham Ayoyeye Ugoi Kadovi Yatsum, Vinivrhuvo Kogoyeha Aretz, Kiyadativ, so God says to, to Avraham, can I conceal from Avraham that which I plan to do? After all, he'll become a great and powerful nation. All the nations of the world will be blessed through him. And then in verse 19, which is often translated as, I singled him out. In order that, or perhaps because, he commands his children and his household following him to guard the path of God, to do tzedakah mishpat, what is just and what is right. In order that the blessing which I gave to Abraham can be fulfilled. That which I spoke of him presumably refers to the blessing. So the question is what? is the rationale, why can't God conceal from Avraham what God plans to do? The reason given is that he does tzedakah mishpat, and the question is, what is the reference of the Torah? What is the tzedakah mishpat that Avraham does, which necessitates God's telling Avraham what God's plan is? God's plan, in the next uh, verses, is to deal with Sodom. The cries of Sodom and Amor are very great. Their sin is very heavy. I will go down and see if, in fact, they have acted according to the outcry. I will utterly destroy them. If not, I will know. So the plan to destroy Sodom, God hears bad things. God will go down, says the Torah. But this I cannot conceal from Avram. When I was younger, I thought that the reference of Tzedakah Mishpat is to the beginning of this chapter and that the Torah describes the Chesed, the welcoming of the guests, we would call it chesed, acts of kindness, uh, graciousness, mercy. I thought that perhaps the Torah calls that tzedakah mishpat, that which is right and good. And there's something to be said for that, by the way, in the Bible generally, that tzedakah mishpat refers not to simply rule of law, but encompasses dealing equitably with people on the margins people who don't have a place. So it could be extended to include uh, guests. The welcoming of guests is one of Abraham's core characteristics, the kindness, the chesed that he shows. But as I thought about it more uh, deeply, I believe that the reference over here is to what we saw back in chapter 14. That's the story in which Abraham hears about his captured nephew, Lot. Avram ki Back in chapter 14, he sets out with all the members of his household, Chanichav, Yuridei Beito, Avadav, Anashav. The Torah uses many terms to describe the people of Avram's house that he musters. He sets out to recover not only his nephew, but to recover all the people that were captured. And those people were from Sodom, the Sodomites. He recaptures all the people. 
he brings back all their spoils as well, all their possessions. And that chapter, where Avram set that, sets out to recover the weak from the strong, in that particular chapter, it's very striking. Not only does he do it not alone, but with members of his household, but in that chapter, in describing first the battle of the four kings against the five, and then the battle of Abraham against the four kings to recover the captured people, it's very striking because the Torah says in chapter 14 that Abraham, in verse 14 as well, when he heard that his brother had been captured, his brother, his relative Lot, he musters up his people. Vayudof Adon. He chased them unto Don. We know of Don as a place up north. And then the next verse says, Vayechalek Elohim Lailo. He divided his people at night. Vayudafem Ad And he chased them to a place called Chova, which is north of Damascus. And when he comes back from the victory, who comes to greet him? Malki Tzedek, the king of, literally Malki Tzedek, the righteous king. Earlier in the chapter, when the Torah describes the war of the four kings against the peoples of Canaan, the powerful nations of Canaan, it actually mentions Amalek, who are defeated in a place called Ein Mishpat. So what's striking about chapter 14 is we have four terms that are used in the context of the war. Din, which is judgment. Chova, Chova, Chayav, means to find the guilty party guilty. Tzedek, Malkit Tzedek, and Mishpat. It's not a coincidence, I believe, that that war is framed by Tzedek and Mishpat, by Chova and Din. What Avram has done in chapter 14, gathering all the people of his household together, setting out to rescue the weak from the strong, is an act of tzedakah or mishpat. Yes, it's true that the people that he rescues, it turns out, are very wicked. Uh, we hear a lot about that in chapter 19. It was even hinted at earlier in chapter 13. But nonetheless, he set out to rescue the weak from the strong. So therefore God says in chapter 18, how can I conceal from Abraham what I plan to do to Sodom, given the fact that Abraham himself uh, risked his own life, gathered his people, all the members of his household. That's the reference, Ki He's a person who doesn't act alone. He's a person who's able to mobilize that members of his household, uh, the family, to bring people to, together to do good deeds. And therefore, it would be very wrong of me, says God, if I would conceal from Avram what I plan to do to the very people that Abraham rescued. Not only that, but the statement, I know that he does tzedakah mishpat, and I have mentioned, may have mentioned this earlier, is actually an invitation for Abraham to pray. And Abraham turns to God and says, I hear you plan to destroy Sodom, to utterly destroy it. Kala, what if there are tzadikim? What if there are righteous people? Tzedakah. After all, continues Avram in chapter 18, So actually, Avram, in arguing with God in chapter 18, uses the very terms that God chose, namely, You're a person who cares about says Avram, I do. And I ask you the question. I put it back on you. Is this correct? Is this 
I wanted to end this uh, brief uh, talk by raising a question. In this prayer of Avraham, negotiation one could call it, Avraham says perhaps there are 50 righteous people, then 45, 40, 30, 20, 10. And Avraham says, if there are righteous people, would you not spare the righteous people and also spare the place? So Avram argues both to spare the righteous and he argues additionally to spare the place. What's interesting is he presumes that God would destroy the righteous together with the, with the uh, guilty. But what's equally striking is he doesn't single out the one person in Sodom that he has the deepest interest in, namely Lot himself, his nephew, lives in Sodom. And yet in Avram's prayers, he, mentions, he doesn't mention Lot at all. And what's interesting is that the Torah itself actually references this because in the next chapter, the Torah describes the people of Sodom as, as surrounding the house of Lot, the entire town from young to old. And secondly, in the next chapter, the Torah says that when God destroyed Sodom, in chapter 19, God remembered Abraham. By Yizkar Elohim at Abraham, by Yishalachet Lot, and God sent Lot out. So it's interesting, why did Abraham pray for Sodom and didn't pray for Lot? And here I think there are a couple of possibilities. One is that he implicitly is praying for Lot. After all, God does redeem Abraham, does redeem Lot on account of Abraham. But there's another possibility, which is that sometimes we think of the world, the problems of the world, and we pray for the world and we fight for the rights of the world, which is a very noble thing to do. But sometimes we're so busy fighting for the rights of the world that we forget the people that are closest to us. And that's another way to read the story. He is praying for the people of Sodom, but very strikingly, he fails to mention his own nephew, Lot. 